that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. It's myself, Dean Ryan, in the lockdown towers of all our own homes, of course. Uh, delighted to have a bit of a star-studded panel this week to go through what is a mammoth, mammoth weekend of National Hunt Racing with Friday, Saturday and Sunday, of course, coming from the Mecca of Cheltenham. We've also got a bit of action at Punchestown with the likes of the Morgiana. I think there's a Fontwell Nashwell National to throw into the mix as well, uh, likes of the Florida Pearl Chase and stuff like that. It really is a stellar weekend of racing coming up in the traditional fashion of the race hour podcast of course we will be uh, doing a quick review of all things from the last seven days or so uh, i am joined and welcome back Dermot nolan hello dear how are you good to have you back uh, you were missed you were you were well missed last week although um, in your absence i mean they did find a few nice winners ga law for a uh, paddy aspel of course and now i think arkle bound uh, for the snowden camp the white mouse was some pick from david weldon fair play to him and um, picking out a big old price and that went up on the race hour uh, tipping page as well on bookmakers.co.uk so hopefully followers got involved and then you found a flat winner onto victory winning the <laughs> november handicap at, uh, at 10 to 1 so fair play i don't expect that from you every week but we're very well done uh, Stephen cash is back Stephen good to have you back how are you good very good yeah yeah yeah. looking forward to this weekend good man yeah some serious amount of racing on and uh, Paddy Aspel is also here Paddy how are you keeping yeah good form lads um, same as Cass looking forward to some real good stuff at the weekend both sides of the water yeah, we're going to really, uh, well, some markers will be laid down. There are some uh, there are some bets to be had as well, I would imagine. But, uh, you know, even if you're not getting too stuck in at this early stage of the season, I think this is kind of time where you do start to get stuck in um, and, and find a few good ones. But let's see uh, what we thought of some of the runners that ran uh, last week over the last seven days or so. Uh, Easy Work was a... Uh, was a, a decent enough winner. I might go to Stephen Cass uh, first on this horse. I mean, they'll have pretensions around all the festivals, and I wonder what the targets might be. What did you make of Easy Work, Stephen? Not to sound too down starting out the pod, but not impressed at all, really. I, I thought, like, he clattered the second, he ballooned a few, but mm. right at the second last, left at the last, didn't like it. He's, he's not one you can go up to three miles with. He's a bit too free going. I don't think he's one you can go to two miles with. Then you have Envoy Allen at the mid-range trip. Yeah, um, I'm not sure what they'll do with them, but I, I'd, I'd be keen now to, you know, everything depends on price, but I was not uh, impressed. He wouldn't be going into my 10 to follow anyway. No, sure. I mean, it's it's a strong old division, all of these uh, these these chasers coming into into the mix now, of course, stepping up from hurdles for. But Dermo, I mean, you'd have a bit of an inside track, of course, with Keith Donoghue talking to us regularly on uh, bookmakers.co.uk. Uh, what do we think about easy work? Yeah, Keith actually would. I don't think anything that... Uh... Stephen Cassa there could be considered as being unfair. I mean, he said it himself. He was he, he was sticky early, and he said that Keith said he doesn't mind when that happens the first time out for a horse like Easy Work because because they will improve from it. He said that it's the only way to kind of teach respect to a horse jumping a fence is is for them to make a few mistakes early because otherwise they, they kind of continue to kind of flout him. But he's a horse as as Stephen Cass said there that there is a predicament with him, and he discusses that that oh. Going over two and a half miles, he bumps into Envoy Allen, who's an absolute freak of a horse. He Keith doesn't think he's quick enough at all to go back to two, so mm. he did it, it might be worth trying him up at three miles just just to see if he does stay. But there is that that bit of predicament. But it it 
easy work. All he does, though, is back up the notion that, that there's serious depth there in Gordon Elliott's yard because if Invi Allen wasn't around, you're looking there at a Valleymore winner, you know, and uh, we're mm. kind of wondering where, where, where he'll go. So an awful lot of yards would love to have that problem. And I think uh, easy work. I wouldn't be, be cribbing him too much, but he definitely has some answers to, or sorry, some questions to answer. Yeah, I mean, he might need to find his ideal trip. Like with the likes of Shiskin and Envoy Allen in that division, it's like, can I avoid or do I take them on? It's a tricky one. Um, there was a big uh, enough shock on that card. Paddy, I might come to you. Um, I don't think many thought Aflutar would get um, would get beaten in the Fortria chase, but, you know, found one too good in, in Castle Grace Paddy without running too badly. But, I mean, two to one on uh, favourites uh, shouldn't get beat like that, I guess. Yeah, no, I suppose his price is automatically going to have you being a slightly disappointed. But then again, I suppose Castlegrave's Paddy, he had popped up at this meeting last year. He proved that he runs the track well. And look, at the end of the day, he's probably not your the the sort of Saturday horse that's on the, the tip of everybody's tongue. But, you know, he's still a very capable horse. And I think probably the at the minute, the De Bromhead team wouldn't be firing on all cylinders. So mm. probably the, the, the comeback effort, it was, for me, uh, pretty acceptable. Okay, okay. Um, what about this uh, Troy Town chase? Uh, Stephen Castle might come to you. The Jam Man winning the Troy Town uh, was was well backed. Totally, uh, totally expected to put in a big performance. Did exactly that. And um, the likes of Roaring Bulls got me on discordantly in behind. Uh, what did you make of the Troy Town? I thought it was uh, like I enjoyed that that horse won because I don't think they've really been. It's not like the real deal, you know. They don't think they've been pulling the piss with him, really. So mm. I, I enjoyed the fact they had their touch because he has been trying, you know. Um, he went up twenty one pounds, up to one fifty, harsh enough. One thing on it, why isn't this horse? He looks like he's made for the Aintree National, you know, a small mm-hmm. horse with the softer fences and a tiger roll. Exactly, he's, he's not even in the betting. So that's that's where I thought, you know, if I was to back him going forward off one fifty. Um, he'd be getting a stone off Tiger Roll, so he'd be mid of the weights. Uh, I think he could be a national horse, but he's not even in the betting, so maybe when he gets in, you might get 50-1 to one or 40-1 to one or something. Um, I yeah. can't see where else they'd be going with him. The the one I really liked out of the race was Discordantly. I thought he gave an absolute exhibition of jumping in front. Didn't stay mm-hmm. then in the end. So that two-mile, five-furlong handicap, I don't know if it's the one at Christmas. There's definitely one at the Dublin Racing Festival. And I think he'd be some size two five around Leopardstown would be perfect for him. So that old Paddy Power chase still if it's still called the same thing, but that's the right trip, isn't it? I yeah, think? it's the Paddy Power, but the Paddy Power chase is three miles of Christmas. But I think it is a Paddy Power sponsored one two five. Yeah. yeah so discordantly, would be the one I'd be taken out of it uh, once he goes back and trip. Okay, thank you. Uh, side to Burley demo, a horse that I know you like going forward. Beat uh, a mouse horse that I'm really keen on for this season in French Dynamite in that Liz Mullen hurdle. And I mean, Side of Burley would be a horse that perhaps you wouldn't have expected to fire so early on this year, but wins a great two. Yeah, and the the really promising aspect was that Gordon seemed a small bit um, small bit surprised after the race yeah. as well. Not that he was good enough, but just that he thought that there was kind of plenty plenty to do and the great thing is now is that you know this horse is handicapped out of it completely so he has to he has to be kind of going for it all season he's a very talented horse to win that that pretense now looks very strong what the uh, storyteller has done retrospectively so there's absolutely no reason why this horse can't win the stairs he's eight to one now and that's that really is fair enough and one to give a shout from that race as well is uh, ronald Pump, who was far from finished with at the last hurdle so he yeah. was second last year in that stair so that's a very very strong piece of form for what is a, a poor division so I think that um, going forward 
side of Burley has to be has to be right at the top of everyone's list for a stay return. I think yeah, coming, very, coming into sorry to cut across you, Dean. Coming into Christmas now, the betting will be very interested in that three mile grade one at Leopardstown because everyone everyone is going to be talking about Sir de Burley and Ronald Pump was really strongly supported in the market he yeah, could have won, really well. yeah and he could have won that race if he jumped the last yeah. as well and he was jumping really well it was his only mistake so if if, if it's a case of even money Sir de Burley come Christmas and 7-8 to 1 Ronald Pump um, I would only be going one way with that so it's just one one to keep in mind yeah it was a proper yeah. race though really really I really think you have to take French Dynamite forward as well. I'm looking forward to that one taking offence at some point. From he's Mars entered Mars. this weekend, Dean, um, in a hard Excellent. race. Yeah, Excellent. the boss, the boss's Oscars, uh, his handicap hurdle chances went up a bit as well because that form with the French Dynamite now looks a bit stronger, doesn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Now there was a bit of disappointment around getting beat by French Dynamite before the festival there uh, last time around, but I, I think you know that that can be wiped out. He's a bit leery though, French Dynamite, isn't he? He's a bit of a high head carriage. I wouldn't want to be chancing him at any sharp prices and beginners chases or anything like that. He looks a bit of a, a bit of a quirk in him. No, but yeah. he's one. If he was a big price cast in a stayers, you could see why you'd back him. You know? Yes, I'd rather back yes. him at fifties in a in a good race than six to four in a bad race. Yeah. 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 And with that yard, you know, if they put him in a big race and, uh, and you know, it's the right day, he's, he's something to reckon with, I think. And a horse I'd definitely be looking to take forward. Uh, Paddy, over in the UK, of course, we had All Mankind come over out and jump a fence. And I don't know if people want to crab that triumph form, but it's not starting to look too bad, although that's obviously a, a, a race over fences. You know what I mean? Harry was a winner at 12 years old. And we had the Holden Gold Cup, Paddy, with a grand team doing it for, um, for Paul Nichols. And in fact, I thought a bit cheeky at the line. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it was a little bit laboured up the straight, trying to trying to reel the mm. horse in front in. But you just maybe thought across the line that Harry Cobden was he was only actually getting him rolling at the time. Um, I thought off the back of that the other day, he looks now at this stage like a horse that wants to go a bit further. But he's only been beaten once over fences, and that was at the festival last year where he wasn't beaten that far at all. You know, only about five lengths when you know he ran with his choker for quite a lot of the way as well. So. I mean, just looking at his mark, it's gone up to 158 now. But I think with a bit more of a test in front of him, this horse trip-wise, um, I think he's, he's, he's a proper bit of kit. Yeah, I mean, they might have to do that. I, I guess they're going to test the waters at the top level at two miles now, um, perhaps with a Tingle Creek or something like that, and throw him into the mix and see. But uh, I, I would agree with you. I think, I think stepping up um, makes a lot of sense there. Um, okay, I mean, at one point on Sunday, it looked like J.P. McManus was going to win every race on every card at every meeting. I thought that was pretty spectacular. <laughs> he was certainly going on a run. And uh, the, the form of the Paul Nichols yard is something that we all have to take into consideration um, when you're assessing any kind of race. And we've so many races to look at now coming up over Friday, Saturday and Sunday. What we're going to do is cut the review short here, take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll get stuck in uh, to those cards. So we'll take a break now. You're listening to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-off office in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk, sponsors of the Race Hour.
Okay, and welcome back to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. It's myself, Dean Ryan, Dermot Nolan, Stephen Cass, and Paddy Aspel, and we're going to get stuck into Friday's card of uh, this November Cheltenham meeting. And uh, I'll tell you what, we're in for a bit of a treat over a few days here, and plus there's some great stuff uh, in Punchestown and uh, even a Fortwell National national to throw. I try saying that. I can't say it. Um, it's a throw into the mix, but we will get there. Let's go straight into Friday then at Cheltenham. Uh, it looks like, uh, Dermot, I'll come to you first. Magic Saint is probably... Uh, once again, going to go a favourite for Paul Nichols in one of these races uh, around Cheltenham. Will it finally get it done? Five to two at the minute against what is a, a small but select field of nine. Uh, yeah, like he's a very good horse. He just finds winning very hard. But again, the Paul Nichols kind of juggernaut just just keeps on rolling. So you have to respect that. But one of my best bets of the weekend is in this race, and it's um, it's beat the judge. I mean, he was a huge eye catcher last time behind behind Rouge Viff, um, mm-hmm. who was obviously a very easy winner in the day but this horse was kind of trapping along there in last and four out if you watch it back he gets hampered and he's left a good bit behind the ground this horse makes up late on is is really impressive he runs onto a very very strong finishing fort if they can manage to get him a small bit closer which which they should because you know that was a rather kind of freakish event and this is a smaller field he he definitely has his chance. I mean, he's a really consistent horse. It's a horse who was only about 12 lengths behind in the county hurdle. And he looks like he's fencing very, very well. And um, the ground will suit. He loves the track. i uh, sorry, any ground will suit, but it does look like the ground will be, will be quite good there, actually. Good to soft, at least. Mm-hmm. And I think he has absolutely every chance. I'm really, really confident that this horse will go very, very close. He's a really nice horse. Um, he's young enough to just keep on improving and he runs here off the very same mark as when he ran an absolute screamer behind Rouge Riff when he had he plenty of excuses then. Yeah, and it was off a little break because they kept it very busy after the county hurdle. It was an interesting horse this for Gary Moore, only five years old of course. Paddy, I'll come to you next on that 150. Uh, Dermo's keen on beat the judge. Yeah, I mean, I think so far over fences, he's very, very low mileage, isn't he? Um, and he's, to be fair, <clears throat> he looked like even last year when they set him off over hurdles, um, you know, he got going early doors and I think he was probably a little bit underrated because people thought maybe he was just cashing in before the better ones came out. But, you know, in fairness, he's gone to prove over fences that none of that was any fluke. And I think what you've got to remember is, you know, he's only a five-year-old and um, he still is open to improvement in very good hands. And off a mark of one for two, I think he should continue to progress. I think Magic Saint at the top, I think, will come forward or should come forward from his entry returning the old run. Um, that was a real good solid start to be fair and Brian Carver I think was very good value for his five is declared on Friday as well so I definitely yeah. reckon he should get a good bit closer on Friday Magic Saint yeah um, I'd probably be siding with the class of Magic Saint and as you mentioned with Carver taking off those five the other horse that interested me was Born Survivor I thought with a, a quiet enough spin um, behind Huntsman Sun but it looked like it would it would come together reasonably quick for that nine-year-old for the Skeltons um, Stephen Cass last word on the 150 goes to you um, I I would be with the wise guy pick beat the judge as well but I think yep. I think he, nine to two now is the best price out there at the moment and I have no interest in that so I believe in the race alone. I was hoping he might be seven or eight to one. Um, yeah. He seems plenty short. He, he strikes me as a horse that actually wants to step up and trip. And if he was running in the, the Southweed Stone Protector race at two and a half, mm-hmm. I would have backed him at that at a big price. I think he wants to go up and trip, but I'll leave him alone at the price. If he goes out to seven to one, are you getting six to one, four places, that kind of thing. 
uh, be very interested in him. Brian, Brian Carver with uh, in regards to Magic Magic Saint. Yeah. Um, Task Paddy, he hasn't had a winner in a long time, like 30, 40 rides or something. Um, I don't know, does Paddy know Brian Carver? You know, it'll depend on kind of what the jockey's attitude is like. This isn't anything against him. He's a good jockey. He's a good strike rate. But he is on a bad run. Just how might that uh, affect him? Uh, what do you think, Paddy? Yeah, I suppose it is more pressure, certainly on a young lad as well, going into a, a pretty warm race like this. But, I mean, I think you'll notice even with the likes of Lorcan Williams, you hardly seen him the whole way through the summer, whether he was injured or whatever. But, you know, a lot of these Nichols jockeys, they just put the handbrake right on and don't really bother with the, a lot of the summer stuff. And obviously we didn't we didn't have much racing to go at anyway. But, um, mm. yeah, I didn't realise how he clocked up them sort of numbers, Cass, without he certainly winner. He certainly hasn't had a, his last 14 days or whatever, he hasn't had a winner. And that's your talking... Uh, 28, 30 rides or something. I didn't go too far back beyond that. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, he hasn't got a lot of opportunity as well, even though Nichols Yard has been flying. He's on the, you know, I think today he's on 125 to one shot, 150 to one shot. Uh, he does have a chance maybe on uh, on one of his other rides, but like he would ride a lot of Deadwood as well at the same time. So, um, you know, there is a lot of pressure in that first he's race. Still, up, he's like, it's not, it's not against Brian Carver. He's still ridden no, no. 11 winners this season. He still has a 12% sure. strike rate. That's fine. Just the Just fact the pressure that he's kind angle. of on a cold run, you'd wonder, you know, if I was back in a shortish price favourite, a five to two shot in a handicap chase, I'd want everything in my favour. And maybe, you know, if there's doubts about the jockey's confidence, it's only a small thing. It's just an interesting point on, on it. But yeah, I'd be yeah. keeping it in mind. Okay. Well, we're well, a double today. A 10,000. <laughs> you never know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we got one winner in before Cheltenham. They might find him one. But uh, yeah, Brian Carver then on uh, on Magic Saint. Pressure ride doesn't mean he won't get it done. And that five pound off for Magic Saint could be all the difference that he needs just to get over the line. So a fascinating race. Beat the judge seems to be the most confident of uh, of the picks, although the price has shortened up a little bit. What about the 225? You mentioned that race, Stephen, with Protector at Southfield Stone. Uh, also, Mossy Fenn in there has definitely got a future for Nigel Twist and Davies and a bit of an outsider with Paint the Dream. Only four in that uh, two-mile four uh, novices chase there at Cheltenham 225. Yeah, it's a good race. Um, I think the weight is going to be significant here. So Southfield Stone's carrying 1110. Uh, Protectorat 11.7 and Mossy Fen 11.2 and Protectorat was very impressive um, at Carlisle but he looked very quick and I'm not sure two and a half is going to be his trip now it's going to be important you mentioned it's going to be good ground but they were given a lot of rain today they're not given mm. as much if they get rain and it goes soft Protectorat um, at two and a half around Cheltenham I'm not sure he'll stay the trip uh, I wouldn't like to be taking a short price on him staying Southfield Stone is a solid mid 140s stick but he's going to have to give £8 to Mossy Fenn. Now, Mossy Fenn on paper the last day, beaten 20 lengths, whatever he was, in the Galvin race. That looked really yeah. bad. But if you watch back the race, he jumped a bit right. His jumping did get better as the race went on. And he, coming to the last, he was pretty much upsides. And then Sam Twiston Davis just, once Galvin went away from him and that other Nichols horse was a good 145 horse, um, he kind of took took to, to put the handbrake on and you know he, he fell away back up the hill and was beaten by 20 lengths but that was literally off the back of the last Mossy Fenn is as good as either of these over hurdles uh, I think two and a half is his trip hopefully if they get a bit of rain and it's soft ground it could suit him I'd, I'd chance him at 7 to 1 and um, Twister's coming back into a bit of form back when Mossy Fenn ran Twist and, Twist and Davis horses were running terrible and his last five runners they finished 1, 2, 2, 3, 5 so maybe he's just coming back into form at the right time this is his time now Cheltenham November um, he's 7-1 to one in, in an effective three a de facto three horse race I, I think the outsider has no chance 
So I would chance Mossy Fen. Yeah, I completely agree. Horse I, horse I really like is uh, is Mossy Fen going forward. And at these prices, I don't think you can make much of a case to get stuck into one of the shorter ones when you've got so much value potentially sitting in front of you with a horse like Mossy Fen who isn't, well, maybe got hardly anything to find. Paddy? Yeah, you know, I do like Mossy Fen. Um, and I do think he will improve from that comeback run. He, he, he'll need to because, you know, there's plenty of these have rocked up on their first on their comeback run and, and look pretty good. I mean that was a real tactic change, wasn't it, on the, the skeleton horse at Carlisle. They've been riding this like they generally ride the bulk of their horses and patient, patient and try and deliver them as late as possible. But fair play, they bobbed out in front of Carlisle and, you know, you ran them absolutely ragged. So you'd imagine maybe with just the four runners here that the skeletons would be looking to maybe do the same again and the way he fenced at Carlisle, maybe he mightn't be the best horse in the race, but he might just get them on the stretch, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And like I say, he, he has won, although he, he lost the race, didn't he? Uh, and then and then got it back again at Cheltenham Protectorat. But yeah, interesting. Now that they've maybe found a key how to ride him, he could just continue to progress this chap. Okay. Okay. Dermo, what about this, uh, well, de facto three-runner race? Yeah, very, very quick. Um, I This is a watching brief for me. I, I didn't like how Massey Fenn kind of jumped a small bit to his left behind Galvin, but again, you forgive that maybe for his first run. The, the yard was in terrible form because I'm a big, big fan of Massey Fenn, but just not sure of him going around uh, Cheltenham. Slight question mark about Cheltenham, isn't there, with the horse? Yeah, That's, yeah. It is there. They have good races he ran it. That's it. That's it. So it, it's kind of hard to know whether or not he's just been in very, very hot races because Galvin's obviously fancy for the four-miler after winning that race. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. is kind of hard to to properly assess but he's always just kind of struck me as not exactly a Cheltenham type so I wouldn't be backing him but again I wouldn't be backing anything else I'm really impressed with Southfield Stone looking forward to seeing him again but that was a terrible race so it's a race to watch I wouldn't be getting involved at all at all but uh, I, there's, there's kind of no one here that, that, that I'd be too enthused to back to Sure. Okay. Why don't you kick us off then uh, and talk to us about Tiger Roll? Because the news, of course, uh, ahead of that Glen Farkless cross country at three o'clock at Cheltenham on Friday is that uh, Keith is, is staying home. So Keith Donahue won't be aboard Tiger Roll and uh, Robbie Power's got the leg up. Yeah, yeah. So I just finished off the uh, the piece there with Keith right before this this call. Scott mm. article will be live just, just literally around now, which is about half 12 and the, uh, or about one o'clock even, sorry. Yeah, sure. O'clock. And the, um, the, he basically, he's staying at home because this isn't a grade one. Uh, he'd have to give up uh, 14 days. So he just, he doesn't feel like doing that. He's having the best season that he's ever had. So he just doesn't want to do it. He also has the, the ride on course of Blime on Sunday in the Morgiana. So he just yeah. doesn't want to be giving up a grade one ride and missing two weeks as much as he, he does love Tiger All. His report was that Tiger All's in better form now than he was at any point last season. Uh, you know that uh, Tiger All's is in great old form when you can't kind of pin him down. He's kicking and booking. And yesterday he said he couldn't even get him to, to put a saddle on him. He was so kind of wound up. And that's always a great sign of this mm-hmm. horse. But they, the top two in this field have to give away an awful lot of weight because it's a handicap. So Potter's Corner, if he took to it at all, he'd be very, very interesting. But it looks to, to be between Easy's Land and Tiger All. And just the way the Easy's Land won last year and Tiger All might just be kind of using this as a step forward. You, you'd be hard to take him on this is the and the absolute definition dean of a race to sit back enjoy the great races but the cross country i don't think i've ever made a penny on them yeah i enjoy them i'm not i don't really ever treat them as a as a punting mechanism um does the update make you want to uh, get involved paddy Aspel? even the dogs are barking about tiger roll 
The dogs are always barking about Tiger Roll. That's that's the beauty. The, dog, of the, the dogs are giving out. We're still talking about the fucking cross country. Move on. <laughs> <laughs> I think obviously you know Tiger Roll. He, he's rising eleven, isn't he? Um, look, it's only four pound between the two. Um, there's a massive drop off, isn't there? Then to Potter's Corner, ten six, and then the rest of them are are, are well out of the way here, but. I just think the way this horse, this uh, French horse, Easyland, travels around this track, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, he's so good on his feet. And, I mean, as good as Tiger Roll is around here, I think Easyland is even better. And you've got younger legs. Um, I just think, you know, um, if um, if I'm put on the spot, I would probably have to go just for the, the youth here over, over experience. But um, Easyland just looks incredible around here. Yeah, he'd be in a lot of people's bankers as well for uh, for the Chantler Festival already at this stage. Fascinating they take on each other uh, this early on, uh, Stephen Castle. Though I don't think you're going to be getting involved in this race. No, no, I've, I've no. It's not a discipline that that interests me. No, no. Potter's Corner, I, I loved for the national last year. He's ten going on eleven, but he's only had ten chase starts, so maybe he can still contend as an eleven-year-old at entry. Yeah, I'd be watching him with regard to that, but um, no great interest in the race. Okay, that brings us to the last race then on uh, on the Friday card for the for the TV action anyway, um, and it's the the novices hurdle there. Um, Paddy, I might come to you first on this one because does he know uh, Kim Bailey's having a right old time of it, and David Bass, they've, they've just everything they're running is running so well, and Grand Mogul for Nicky Henderson, Nico de Boinville. I think Grand Mogul could have gone for a handicap here off what you know might be a nice mark, but they're in the grade two. Um, that might be a tip in itself to take on. Does he know? Yeah, certainly is. Um, you know, because there's. Eleven pound between these two, um, you know. Whereas does he know is only going to be giving him three pounds? So you know he's quite well in here. The the Bailey horse of the weights, and I mean they've just won the first there at at Air as well. And I mean they're just such fit horses. The ground looks unreal yeah. at Air, and you know Dave Bass as usual. He, he's he's booked out in front. He just absolutely breaks horses' hearts uh, in behind and. You know, Kim Bailey's he's had an incredible start. Um, you know, momentum is with the stable. And this chap, to be fair, he's got a very, very good record. And, you know, I think his form is pretty strong. Uh, his only try at the track as well. He's a winner. Um, so for me, it's probably his to lose. He, he looks he looks a fair old unit. Yep, he does. And, uh, you know, well favoured, it seems, by uh, conditions here. Stephen Cass. Uh, yeah, the horse he beat uh, Midnight River the last day. He's a really good horse uh, of skeletons. Uh, I think any rain will help. He's six to four though. You know you don't want to have a bet in a novice hurdle really at six to four. Even though it's his fifth start over hurdles, uh, yeah. he's solid. Uh, Grand Mogul obviously should be going for a handicap, but uh, yeah, it's not a it's not a betting proposition. Proposition, but I think does he know will win? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Demma. Yeah, it, it, it's the exact same as Caster. I really impressed with the. Uh, does he know? And the Kim Bailey yard is a story in itself. You know, that's the seven winners now over the last two weeks and they're, they're just flying. Everything's running really, really well. This horse, he came off the bridle quite early the last day, so he'll only improve again for that. And I think despite his, his short odds, he does look the one that kind of should be winning. And why Grand, why Grand Mogul's not running in a handicap, I just don't know. But uh, does he know should be winning this anyway? Well, that's the question mark, isn't it, about Grand Mogul? Because they can see what they're up against here and they had the mark to go and exploit and they're not doing it. I mean, the race has got some other nice types in it. Wild Romance for Dan Skelton and the Grand Vizier uh, for Ian Williams. And 
I guess, you know, even likes of Petrostar and uh, and Polish can step forward and there's a, a rank outsider in there for a Twiston Davis yard who's coming forward. So I don't think I don't think it'll all be plain sailing. And the price, as Stephen Cass mentions, is a bit short, uh, perhaps for does he know to be getting stuck in, but it does look obvious, um, bar the Nicky Henderson switcheroo, which is interesting. Okay, that's kind of Friday. Uh, why don't we kick off into um Saturday? Uh, with the 140, which is the first race we're going to tackle there. Uh, Paddy, I might come to you first with this one. Um, it looks a very, very hot grade two novices chase. Um, some nice sources in here. Uh, we're guessing, well, we know Protectorat isn't going to line up, um, but Fuza Raffle is probably going to be uh, the one to take the one to take the top of the market. Yeah, definitely. Um, real good, strong stuff, isn't it? Um, Fuza Raffle's two and two um, so far this season. I, th- I certainly think he's fenced very, very well. On both occasions, uh, just looks very high class, doesn't he? And I mean, I think Paddy Brennan was kicking himself uh, on debut uh, when he made his debut at Utoxer, or he thought he got going for home too early on quick grab him and sort of handle it to fuse the raffles. But you know, I think he's back to form up next oh, yeah. time. Um, absolutely smashed Sir Valentine by nearly ten lengths. So you know, he, he's a one fifty plus rated chaser now, and um, you know, he, he's probably for me, um, the one to beat here. Yeah, I mean, um, Stephen, I'll come to you. I mean, Fusa Raffles wouldn't have surprised many with the way that it's gone about over fences. I'm just not sure whether I would have put it in a horse to be a, a, a top draw chaser just on you know, my visuals. I don't I don't like potentially like the look of it uh, coming into the into fences, but gone and done a, done its business very well. We made a point on this podcast, I think with you before, uh, that the Eldorado Allen race beating Stormy Island looked pretty good too. Yeah, it did look good, but Stolen Silver let the form down at the weekend uh, with mm. that a little bit. But I think Fusey Raffles, like the reason you wouldn't, he wears a cross-piece noseband, which for a chaser, mm. you you know, generally they can be a bit keen and they can hold their head a bit high and that kind of puts you off a chaser. But he, Maybe that's he, it. He, but he was awesome the last year. I would have been a bit like that, Fusey Raffles, let him go and do it. Now, mm. Henderson's always thought the world of him. He obviously has an engine. And if you forgive him last season, that, that funny season after your four-year-old career. Like, he was good at Utoxer, that was fine, but then he was unbelievably good the last day. Uh, yeah. I, I've often thought, why don't, why don't bookmakers come up with something where there's a market for, like they do in the flash, so you have the champ, if you're the champion novice hurdler, champion novice chaser, champion open hurdler, champion open chaser, sponsor it, have it talked about on this podcast or the Nick Look podcast or something. Because I'd like mm. the back few seed raffles to be the champion novice chaser. I think he could be getting up to, to low 160s, no problem. Absolute machine. Could be any trip. Could be a gold cup horse. I can't wait to see him. I, I, I think he just looks the real deal over fences. A bit like Defi Desai going over fences, finally kind of getting his act together after the mm. off season. Um, it, just the way he fences, he's so straight and accurate over his jumps. That's and he, he's plenty of speed. He's a big engine. Um, he looks like he'd be better up and trip. So that's why I think he, maybe he'd be a World Cup horse in time. But uh, I think he's really, really good. That idea now, if any bookmaker wants to, to give me a shout, they can DM me on Twitter. You put 10, 10 grand up for the stable staff for each thing. And then you. you, you I like that. You, yeah, you sponsor uh, and you get everyone. You can have um, a free to enter two grand competition for you to nominate your four and create a bit of a buzz about the champion in each division, uh, whether it's from ratings or whether a panel decides or whatever. But uh, but the thing is, it's a betting thing. Like, wouldn't you, like, Envoy Allen, where's he going? Wouldn't you love to back uh, something like Fusil Raffles at 33-1 to 1 for that market? I would. 
Uh, that's just more where I make the point from. The to see who ends up with the highest rating at the end of the year is where you're at, right? Yeah, so that's I, I think rating, I get it. rating, yeah, yeah. Or, to, you know, whether it's time form rating, rating, whether it's a, mm-hmm. a race of post ratings or a panel of judges, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's something that should be done and it might create a bit of a buzz. You hear them doing it on the Nick Luck podcast with um, James Willoughby and it's a sponsored thing. Like they have these mm-hmm. global flat ratings, 10 to 1, top 10. So you could talk about it. Um, you take it, Dean. Maybe we'll get on the race hour and build build the following, build the profile. Maybe we'll try and work it out. Yeah, yeah, it's not the worst idea. We need to get going soon, though, or some of these ratings will already be in place and we'll be playing catch-up. Um, yeah, I like the idea. I do. Uh, it sounds like Foos of Raffles has turned you inside out, which I quite like. I quite like that demo. Are you as, as impressed with uh, Nicky Henderson's five-year-old? He was absolutely brilliant. Uh, really, really good. The last time out i don't know what it is about the horse but i always want to take him on uh, he's kind of one of them that'll just continue to to beat you and beat you um but again i'm a, a fool for punishment so i will take him on again i thought the patriot was absolutely brilliant last time um he was a horse that kind of had a he had a strange year last year but he's a horse who reached a rating of 150 over hurdles mm. um and last time he he absolutely hammered picked or he 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 only won in the end by about four lengths, but he could have won by an awful lot more. He went, he went well clear, and um, he jumped absolutely brilliantly. Doctor, Doctor Richard Newland's having a good season as well, and just uh, Sam Twiston Davis is already jocked up here, and this race could completely fall apart. So I've had a small bit of a go at seven to one for two places because that performance mm-hmm. last time really impressed me, and you could end up here with a really, really small field, and you're just hoping then that he finishes in the first two because he just attacked every fence and he was really, really good. So the Patriots one that I'm quite excited about. Fusil Raffles is no doubt the one to beat, but I think uh, the Patriot might be the uh, play here at 7-1. to Okay. Bit of a value play and perhaps an early one to uh, to take in that 140. With plenty of these uh, have other options and we'll probably take a few of them. So you may end up, may end up with four or five runners. Uh, Three places suggest. on that race uh, at the moment. Right now, exactly, yeah. If you know it, yeah, because Zachary, you'd imagine, wouldn't come over. Protector, I won't run. Gumball might. Beat the Judge definitely won't. Sir Valentine definitely won't because Sam has dropped up elsewhere. LeBroy is in a handicap somewhere. So you might only have four runners. You have three mm. places. The, t- the clock is ticking on that one, I reckon, because that's <laughs> going to change pretty quickly. Um, so hopefully when this goes out, that's th- that's still a live option. The Patriot, uh, Dr. Richard Newland and Sam Twiston-Davis. Now, Sam Twiston-Davis is going to have some day at Cheltenham because he's going to win the Paddy Power Gold Cup on Al Dancer. And I don't know if we need to talk about it any more than that, but I know you lads have had a look at the race properly. So, uh, Stephen, why don't you go first on the Paddy Power Gold Cup and tell me why I'm absolutely spot on about Al Dancer. He was very good the last day, in fairness. He's a horse... Um... It took, didn't they have headgear on him when he was running novice hurdles? He had no headgear on the last day, just looking at the replay this morning. But he looks like he's, he's wearing those funny ear, ear contraptions, you know, the big the big old black old hood that went the over hood, his head. But he didn't he wear it the last, he had nothing on him anyway the last day, unless I missed it now when I was watching it. But anyway, um, I think all these novice chasers, second season novice chasers, they're all in here off sort of Mr. Fisher, and they're all in there off kind of 155. And yep. you, you, you certainly need to have six, seven, eight pounds in hand. So they're all, you know, Ryanair contender Gold Cup horses if they're going to win. So yep. as a bunch, I'd be kind of keen to take them on. And the one that I like is Cool Cody, who's who's in here off, uh, I think it's 138. Sorry, I'm struggling to get the card up. 137, yeah. Yeah, 137. And he gave Southfield Stone a fair old rattle the last day. And Southfield Stone is a, is a proper mid-140s horse. So I think... He, he, 
Cool Cody was rated 149 or something over hurdles once upon a time, 145. Um, he's moved yard now and he's 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 finished in the top two in all three starts. So I think it's unfashionable as a nine-year-old, but uh, nine-year-olds have won two of the last four runnings of this. So I think if the novices underperform or even just run to their marks, something that has five, six pounds at hand could easily win this. And I thought Cool Cody could be that house, uh, that horse, and he definitely won't mind any ground. If there's any rain, he'll be fine. Um, sixteen to one just looks a big price because he could have seven or eight pounds in hand, um, on that Southfield Stone run. So I would chance him. Okay, Tomasa Bryant's going to take over from Adam Wedge and ride that for Evan Williams. That's Cool Cody in that Paddy Power Gold Cup uh, chase, the big race on the Saturday, Paddy. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a big Al Dancer fan, as I've said. Um, Stephen is going for something that maybe has a few pounds in hand that doesn't have to run off one of those those lofty one five odd ratings, and you know the one fifty ratings is tricky enough to win the race off that. Yeah, and I think probably the biggest factor with Al Dancer is he does seem best sort of maybe early season, doesn't he? Um, mm-hmm. You know that. So. That, that was certainly a good return. I mean, I th- they switch it up. You look down to his form, they switch it up with the hood. He's had it on, he's had it off, but he's won with and without. Um, but yeah, I think this is probably the time of year to catch Al Dancer. So he's there with a very, very solid chance of 1-5-4. Um, but I think for me, I think simply the bets, I mean, he's been beaten once over fences. And the one day he was beaten, I mean, it was at Kempton on, on, on Boxing Day last year where... You know, they just rode him completely different. You know, they dropped him well out, and I mean, he still finished second, but he was never able to get involved. He just couldn't get competitive. But apart from that, you know, he's he's four from five over fences, and he's two from three at Cheltenham. And you know, Harry Whittington, he's been he's been doing very very well with limited runners, and you've seen how hard Gavin Sheen has been working to try and get back to fitness. And I mean, he's only literally just getting back in the in 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 the nick of time, and. You know, it's all geared around simply the bets on, on, on Saturday. So I think he's pretty solid for me. Okay, simply the bets and, uh, yeah, a bit of a powerhouse of an animal for Harry Whittington. Gavin Sheehan is going to be back to ride it as well, which is uh, could be key to the horse's chance. Uh, Demo, we haven't mentioned the, the top two in the market. Our feeling you might mention Mr. Fisher, and, of course, Paul Nichols is likely to be responsible for the favourite in the form that he's in, and Sansonet will go there on the first one of the season. Um, yeah, Dean... Um... Saint Sonnet here is um, obviously uh, has to be smart, but Paul Nichols, he's an awful lot of uh, talking horses. If this horse is as good as they think he is, obviously he'll win this quite easy. But you have to take him on at those odds. And I've always, I've just kind of developed a theory over the last two years with kind of big handicaps like this, where I think you can get suckered into the kind of the uh, sexier types like Mr. Fisher and Al Dancer, etc. But these kind of big handicaps at Cheltenham, they've been falling of late to really experienced kind of hardened horses who've been in a lot of these handicaps. I mean, last year, um, Happy Diva won this. Warthog won one of the big handicap yep. chases. And then in January, Sapage won it. So I think it's um, experience will count for an awful lot here. And I really, really like uh, Spirit of the Games off his mark. I mean... That was a very, very big run last year when he was second to Sepage here off a pound lower. He seems to always run his race here at Cheltenham. He was um, he was sixth behind simply the bet at the Cheltenham Festival, but his held-up tactics were, were were very dramatic and he stayed on really well at the end, but the the bird had flown in the winner simply the bets. He has a, a nine-pound pull with that rival on this occasion and he's just, he's one of these horses that you know 
will be bang there. He's done it absolutely plenty of times. And I still think there is some space to manoeuvre where off his mark of 148. And I just think if he runs to that level and ekes out a few more pounds, his experience will count for an awful lot here in a big field like this. And I think uh, Spirit of the Games is a whopping bet at 14 to 1. Okay, spirit of the games then for uh, the skeletons. Uh, Harry already booked up, of course, for Dan, and uh, maybe he can go, you know, one better than it did in that big January Sim- handicap there at Cheltenham. Simply the better. He'd be, be some tool to win off one fifty-seven. You know, he'd have to be, yeah, of course. Uh, on a seasonal debut, Jesus, he'd have to be an absolute monster. And like the, yeah. the, the, I think Derm was right about the form of the, the sexy novice chasers because Mister Fisher and Sansone is how uh, Simon Holt was pronouncing it um, in the March last year. He did travel really well into it, but he was well beaten. And Sam Crow, Mellon, and uh, Fawheen, like over fences, they were only really mid one sixty horses, and the Mister Fisher was definitely 10 pounds worse than them so he's only running off that mid 150 mark anyway mm-hmm. so he's 60 might improve Sansonay might improve as well but they've a lot of weight on their back Sansonay less so he's off 147 he could get a lot closer to Mr. Fisher but they're plenty short and they've plenty of weight in their backs for an experienced novices I think I think Dermot's right you know I think the, the, the kind of exposed solid chasers are often overlooked Aso is another one in this race he's 20 to 1 if the rain comes he could run a massive race off top weight. I'd much prefer him off top weight uh, at twenties than simply the bets off off the same mark, you know, yeah. at, at five to one. I, I think, but sure. uh, like simply the bets could be the best horse in the race, and he could be a Ryanair contender. But you nearly want to be backing up for the Ryanair if you think that he's probably twenty five to one for that. So yeah, I, so that's I was gonna I was gonna come to that because if you do fancy any of these uh, sexier ones in these ratings, if they win here, they gotta be uh, Ryanair contenders, and you want to have a few quid on them before that. I'm gonna do that with our dance, who's around twenty five, thirty three to one uh, for a Ryanair because I think that's where they go. They've even got a a uh, a kind of let's see what happens entry for a King George, which means I don't think they 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 finally cottoned on to my idea last season that our dancer should be running at two and a half miles and. I think this is going to be the making of the horse uh, this season. I was really delighted to see it beat uh, Master Tommy Tucker when everything really wasn't totally in favour. And I thought it was good that day. And I don't mind getting a few extra pounds for that bit of experience uh, coming into this. So I'm very excited about our dancer this season. And just finally, they've they've cottoned on to my plan, which was to go this kind of trip and uh, and make use of him because I felt they held him back last year at the two-mile trip, just trying to hold on for a run. He doesn't really have a run. He has a change of pace, uh, but it's very sustainable. So I'd be very happy if they uh, if they kick on here too from home and you don't see which way our dancer goes. And if that happens, uh, he will be in the Ryanair picture. So he's one of my stronger fancies of the week. But between the four of us, we found four different horses, which is what you expect uh, from a Paddy Power Gold Cup. Uh, the 250 on the card uh, sees the return of a horse who is, of course, um, a winner in a decent handicap uh, just recently for Tom Lacey, and that's T Clipper. Uh, this uh, handicap hurdle, uh, T Clipper is going to set the set the standard at the top of the market because of what we saw the last day, and uh, that looked probably like it's going to turn out to be decent form. A couple of runners will try and frank it over the weekend. Uh, what did you make of the 250, Dermo? Yeah, it's just a proper race. Uh, he was very good, but that race did kind of fall apart in the day because of the ground. But yeah, as a caveat to that, we know that I had a look at YR there, just the weather. There, there's not a whole pile of rain coming to it. Cheltenham at the moment anyway and that that really really will suit him so at the odds you could see why but I thought uh, Dandy Dan would be very interesting here if turning up um, he failed to give uh, Red Giant about two stone the last day but he really really uh, he should improve for that 
an awful lot. That was his first run after a wind surgery and after 310 days off. So Danny Danny has he has some decent form in his book. He's definitely better than Dismark, in my opinion. And about 12, 14 to 1, I think he's very interesting. But again, I would be waiting till on the day just to make sure that he does turn up because he won't be a whole lot shorter on the day anyway. Yeah, yeah, another one for Kim Bailey with Dandy Dan. Um, Paddy, I'll come to you on this. I mean, we, we saw the T-Clipper win at Chepstow in, uh, well, as Dermo said, the race did fall apart a little bit, but did it very well that day. Um, stepping up and trip a fair bit here. Yeah, and I mean, look, his short is very, very good. Um, so it's very difficult to knock him, really. Um, and that was certainly a good return. He's up to a mark of one four one, and and obviously in deeper waters on, on Saturday. So he's going to have to come forward again, but no real reason why he can't, but I think last year's winner is a very, very solid old heart. Well, I say old, I mean, he's rising nine golden fortune, and mm. I mean, his two runs so far uh, this season haven't been bad at all. He wasn't beaten at a far last week, and obviously his rider takes seven off, so he still is running off 130. He knows how to win this little horse, and mm. um, you know, their small stable has done particularly well with him, so I think he's there with every chance of going back-to-back in this race on Saturday. Uh, yeah, it could be a repeat the trick with Golden Fortune and Sam Lee and, uh, and the Middleton Yard. Um, yeah, as you say, only rising nine. No reason not to uh, put in a similar effort. Just a couple of pounds higher as well um, than last year's victory in the race. Uh, Stephen, have you dissected this? I know there's a, an interesting entry of uh, Ronan McNally with the Jam Man. Yeah, I don't think he'll be running, but I, I, no. I, no, it's not a race I have a clue on, to be honest. I think if they do run Delarca, he's 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 won two there. He won he only won a few days ago. He's one that's guaranteed to stay the three miles, and it, you know any race three miles around Cheltenham gets takes a bit of stay. And um, he's off one thirty one. He only went up a couple of pounds for winning the other day, so he 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 could still could still have it in him at that age at ten to one. I might chance Delarca, but no great opinion on the rest. Fascinating horse in here that I wanted to mention and uh, is on the blind side if it pitches up because, you know, fences have just kind of got in the way of that horse. Still only eight, uh, rising nine, uh, one, four, five, going to give a little bit of weight to a few of these, but um, he'd be interesting in there around 12 to one. But uh, the makeup of the race there is not totally known yet for that three mile contest at the 250 at Cheltenham on Saturday. Fascinating as it is. Check out the dandy Dan, as, uh, as Dermo says for Kim Bailey. Uh, should they line up here, which looks an interesting race. Um, Stephen, I might come to you first on the on the um, handicap hurdle that follows that at 325. It uh, looks like Captain Tomcat uh, could be a short enough favourite on the day. Yeah, and he did it well the last day, but he kind of got a, a bit of a freebie up front and they all fly home to him at the end, so I'd definitely be looking to take him on. I have a bit of a wild one here now. Um, in I don't know how you pronounce it, Dogane, Dagane, Dogane, but... Um, he's jocked up with Ben Jones claiming three. He has, with the with the jockey's claim and the change in the weights, he's an eleven pound swing. With um, what's the favourite's name again? Sorry, Captain Tom Cat. Yes, Captain Tom Cat. So he's about an eleven pound swing with him. He was last mm-hmm. turning in and he, he passed six of them after they jumped the last. He just kind of got out of his ground a bit. Now, if if any rain does come, uh, it will suit him. Uh, ben Jones hasn't been on him since he won on him uh, three or four runs back. He's back on his back. He's 33 to 1, and I, I could easily see him getting much, much closer. So I would chance Dagune, Dagune, don't know how to say it. D A G U E N. Dagune? Yeah, okay, that'll do, yeah. Number seven. He's though, and he is jacked up. He's going to run. He's one I'd back anti post. He's 33 to 1 now. He's in the Paisley Park colours, and he does hit a flat spot a bit like Paisley Park. He wouldn't be of that class, but I think he's only five. 
So there's plenty of improvement in him, and he definitely will run better than the last day where he just kind of got out of his ground after making a mistake at the fourth last. So I think he's 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 actually a massive price and give him a good chance. Okay, good chance then for Dagano. Well, we'll call it number seven, Emma Lavelle, Ben Jones, uh, in that 3.25 at Cheltenham on Saturday. Paddy, I'll let you have a crack at this. It's, it's a uh, it's a hot enough race. And, and surprisingly, it looks like Grand Mogul is booked up elsewhere because could have run an ear of 130 and would have been a live squeak. Yeah, interesting, isn't it, that they've, they've mm. gone down the route that they have. But then that could be a tip in itself as well. It's you know. Yeah, I suggested that. You know, I just think Nicky is, uh, is interestingly going after the, the bigger pot there. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think Dave Bass has jumped up on Shinobi here. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this is a four-year-old who now really is on the improve. Absolutely bolted up at Wing Canton the other day. He's two from three over hurdles. And, I mean, yeah, he's up to one, two, seven now. But he is probably open to a bit more progress than some of these. He's going to, you know, he's lovely racing weight, 11 stone two. And, like we said, the yard are flying along and, I just think that this is a real nice pot that this chap could pick up along the way. Um, like I said, he certainly looks progressive and absolutely smashed them at, at Wing Canton the other day. And around such a speed track, to go and win by 14 lengths, you know, that takes a bit of doing. So probably Shinobi for me here of 127. Okay, another shout for a Kim Bailey runner. Um, you know, yard yeah, absolutely flying Shinobi. And uh, David Bass probably to pop out up top and uh, and keep the horse right at that front end and see if they can hang on. Uh, Dermo, fancy? Uh, yeah, uh, push the tempo for me here, Dean. Uh, he was a really, really good fourth last time behind a, a T-clipper in the Silver Handicap uh, hurdle. Um, just kind of couldn't get into it. And when they kind of took that that second last out, he, he had an awful lot to do then and he he kept on staying. I think the, the hill at Shelton will will really play to his uh, his four here. And he's about 14 to one or so. I just think that if he does turn up here, he's a cracking bet. Um, that was a really, really big run. And um, for, for, for a horse like him, who is who definitely has some upside off a mark of 127, I think this isn't as good a race as he ran in last time. I think he can, uh, he can go close. Okay, thank you. Um, I think that kind of wraps up uh, for the Saturday card at Cheltenham. So we might take a quick break here and we'll come back and do Sunday and take a look at what's going on in Ireland with the likes of the Morgiana and, of course, the Florida Pearl. Some really nice horses on display. So a quick break here. We'll be back with the race hour after this. You've been listening to the race hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Your best bet for tips, news and bookmaker reviews. Welcome back to the race hour. It's part three. Uh, this podcast, of course, brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. It's Demon Nolan, Stephen Cass, Paddy Aspo, and myself, Dean Ryan. Uh, let's kick on to uh, Sunday of Cheltenham. We've done Friday and Saturday. Uh, the 150 at Cheltenham on the Sunday is a handicap chase over a marathon three-mile, three-and-a-half furlongs. And, and uh, the old favorites are in here. Um, a few of them we would have talked about and waxed lyrical about uh, on this a few times, likes of uh, Big River, Ramsey's Detelli, Discorama, Yala Enki, and West Approach. Paddy Aspel, you're probably the man to try and solve this, I think, first up. Yeah, well, I think both me and, and Dermo are big Discorama fans, aren't we? And I mean, this is a horse who certainly does deserve a change of look. Um, I'd say the worrying thing is, how many winners would you think Paul Nolan has had in the last calendar year? Oh, blimey. Um, I was surprised now when I see. I know he's had a quiet time, but I was surprised. It doesn't. It doesn't. I guess he's had just. He's had one shy of a dozen. There you go. Which you know it's worrying. I mean, the thing is, obviously, the old stable star popped up and won the other day. But I think that yeah. just shows how good he is. Latest exhibition, but 
they're just struggling for a little bit of form. He's had a few seconds, but um, but Discorama, he, he, he's a horse who has had, what's well, a plenty of bad luck, but he's just come out on the wrong side of photos and and, and, yep. and decisions and whatnot. But I just think it'd be very interesting here if Nicky turns Pim out pretty quickly again, because mm-hmm. I thought he was absolutely mustered around Sandown the other day, and you know the second for me was the horse to beat in the race and he's beat him pretty well but he just fenced better and he's more fluent he was very strong across the line and you know he didn't really have that hard race it was only a small field so be interesting to see whether seven barrels team turn him out pretty quickly here because he certainly looked in good order with himself Pim. he's won round here in the past and um yeah i was very taken with that the other day yep Good shout. It'll be interesting to do go under a penalty um, for seven barrows with Pim, as you say, so, so good just a week ago uh, from this race on Sunday. Um, uh, Stephen, I'll come to you. I mean, me and you are always been big fans of Big River, but maybe that ship has sailed. Probably won't be wet enough either at Cheltenham to see Big River come and, and claim a race like this. Is the winner more likely to be at the top end of the market? Although Big River's not, uh, not a huge, huge price, around 10 to 1. Yeah, Big River. I actually on the on this pod last year, I napped him, and he pulled up in this race last year. That's right. He kind of turned inside out after that. I think he might have had a wind up. I can't remember, but um, he flew home again in the ultimate. The extra three furlongs are definitely going to suit. But I, I don't know. He, find, he they find it hard to win with him, so I I, I think yeah. I'll leave him alone. Maybe put up a little bit in running on him because he does get so far back. You'll always get yeah. twenty to one plus on him. So if you throw up. A five or a twenty to one, you could have a hundred coming back for a cheap bet. That's what I would do with Big River. Um, yeah. I thought West Approach ran a cracker behind Frodo on the last day, and and you know this kind of it would have been the target. Uh, I don't like the angle of saying he's been he's been lined up for this all year. I'd rather see a horse running well, but he he, he would have been lined up for this, and he does have the perfect prep after the run behind Frodo. Uh, he's six pounds higher than when he won it last year. He's ten now, so he'll he'll, he'll be fully tuned up for this and I think five to one is perfectly fair. Um Discorama, I'd imagine that you know it's only worth twenty five grand here to the winner. Whereas something like the Portistown over three and a half at the end of the month mm. is probably worth about eighty or a hundred grand to the winner. So they might keep Discorama at home, I I, I would have thought but he does love Cheltenham so maybe he will come. As Paul Nolan said, he's coming over for this um Paddy. I don't honestly know, um, but that's interesting. Like you say, if there is a better pot elsewhere, just sort of the, the times we're in at the minute, I think trainers, unless it's really, really worth it, as it, you know, yeah. regards traveling and staff-wise, I, I, I think they go for the bigger the bigger pots, don't they? Yeah, and the bigger pot and it being at home and all the hassle with the travel. Like, I, I just I just be mind your discorama bets until he's actually declared. Yeah. But, um, yeah, West Approach, like, your, your concern is is the Tizard Yard, but he just ran so well. You know the horse is, 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 is going well. Uh, Tizard had a had a winner there on Monday. Um, maybe he's turning the corner as well, but I just think 5-1 to one is very fair. Like, I, I would have thought West Approach could go off 5-2 to two here, so uh, nab the 5-1 to one now. Yeah, I, I find that hard to argue with. It was such a big run behind Frodon. Uh, the chances of uh, Pim turning up would make it a fascinating contest. Class V, uh, kind of guile and, 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 and veteran status, you know, in terms of West approach. And uh, you, you can't rule out the likes of Ayala Enki, Dermo. And uh, if Discarama did turn up, I think you'd find it hard not to be on, wouldn't you? Uh, I absolutely love Discarama, but he just makes winning look so hard. And like, I just feel, feel so sorry for him. It's always short heads. And even his run behind the conditional at the Cheltenham Festival was an absolutely brilliant run as well. Um, and yeah. so like, 
he deserves an awful lot of respect, but just him kind of nearly kind of similar enough to the yard, he, he just finds getting himself in front that, that little bit difficult. I completely agree with uh, Stephen Cass. I don't have anything to add to that. Uh, West approach, he, he just screams out at you as being the really, really obvious um, horse to to win this and any of the Tizard horses that kind of ran well first time out deserve an awful lot of respect because the the Yards horses weren't running well but the the last kind of week or so just people tend to get over um overawed I think a small bit with uh, Yards form uh, Tizard's form is starting to turn around again now he had a he had uh, on Monday he had a 20 length winner and um on uh, the week before and he had a winner as well they're mm. they're all kind of his horses are steadily uh, steadily kind of turning around in form so I think this is completely set up for a West approacher Yeah I, I do find it hard to argue I mean the, the caveat is if Discarama turns up uh, it must go well and the likes of a pin uh, making it a fascinating contest as uh, as Paddy was saying would also add a bit of weight to it and maybe that would mean the price would stay where it is but the 5-1 to one now and possibly less to take on than he's got uh, makes a lot of sense around West approach especially in such good form and maybe as we're saying Tizard Yard uh, slightly overhyping the uh, the fact they're not running so well they haven't been but a few of them are starting to come together okay the 155 sorry the 150 that Cheltenham uh, done and dusted uh, fascinated to hear what people think of the Schler chase um, I hope I pronounced that right Derm I should have let you say the bloody name of the race that would have been perfect it got me off the hook um, but Deffy Desoy sticking it to its guns for Philip Hobbs and Dickie Johnson over two miles and the, the Arco winners in there Rouge Vif who we've talked about so Royale could potentially uh, skip back over fences here and you've got another Arco winner in Duke it's riders on the storm who you know the world would was at its feet last season and forest being always runs very well now touching nine is the older statesman uh, in this race a fascinating 225 demo it is i just can't get away from uh defy desai i just think he's an absolutely cracking bet here um mm-hmm. nine to four is just uh absolutely brilliant he has to be forgiven in my opinion that uh Shell and run because as I've said before, all horses, all the horses that seem to run at that um, Ascot meeting on the 18th of January last year, Copperhead, Sporting John, Deffy Desai, they all flopped really badly at the Shellam Festival. The uh, ground was desperate, and I just think that just he was still showing the effects of that. Last season, he came here and he won this race really, really well. Um, I struggle enough with my uh, speech impediment. At times, even without trying to say Schlor. Uh but uh, <laughs> the uh, Deputy Desai at nine to four, I just think it's a cracking bet. But the the one to watch is put the kettle on, who I think hasn't got the praise that she deserves for having won that race. And the very early signs from that article is that it mightn't be the the, the uh, worst race in the world. I think it's a bit disrespectful to have her behind Rouge Biff in the market. Um, and but uh, Defy Desai at nine to four, he's the class act in this race. I think you can easily forgive him that uh, that champion chase flop, and uh, I think he wins this. Okay, Paddy Aspel, do you think Defy's got enough uh, uh, in the in the bank to to put this lot away? Even though you know Bar Riders on the Storm and Forest Bean's got to give a little bit of weight away through him, thoroughly deserved probably. Yeah, I mean, he's. Top rated here, one six nine, and obviously mm. got that excellent course record, Deffy. And I mean, this race last year was only four runners, and it just got very tactical. It was a bit unsatisfactory, really, uh, but nonetheless, he, he he came out on top in the end. Um, I don't know. It's a few angles here because obviously, Riders on the Storm. The last time I seen him, he t- turned an absolute somersault at Ascot. Very very heavy fall, and you mm. know, for a horse who's a very very good jumper. 
you know, just be interesting to see how he bounces back um, from that. That's if he's declared. He's not chopped up my end. And Sam Twifton, yeah. seeing an interview yesterday, he was sort of wasn't really giving much away, to be honest. Um, so I think probably the angle I would go with here is I'm going to go with the with the Whittington team again with Rouge Viv. I just mm-hmm. thought he put himself right in the picture off the back of that performance the last day. It was very, very strong across the line. You wouldn't have said turning in that this horse was going to go and win seven and a half lengths. I know it was a handicap, but you know he had his fair share of weight. Um, just quite interesting. I mean, he finished third behind, um, put the kettle on in the Arkle, but you know could never really land a blow or rode him from the back that day. And soft ground, Paddy, wasn't it? He can't. Yeah. That horse can't jump out of soft ground. I mean, was 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 much better um, the last day, and, and, and like Cass says, could be very ground dependent there. But that was for me uh, was, was right up there and puts him right right in the picture here. Although this this is a big ask, and it does look like uh, Henry de Bromet's going to bring his mare over. He's jocked up um, this end, put the kettle on, but off the back of the the, the run just over three weeks ago, be rouge vif for me. Okay, rouge vif then for Paddy. Um, I, you can understand put the kettle put the kettle on coming over because Cheltenham is a track. She's an Arkle winner and uh, this is the place you've got to go to test the metal. So go against Steffi and, and see uh, wh- where she sits and she's going to get the allowance. Um, Stephen Cass, is there an angle? Oh, I, I think there's definitely a betting angle. Um, Paddy, the, the riders in the storm interview with Sam, did, did he give any indication he might go up and trip or what did he say? Yeah, that's the thing. He didn't really give much away at all, which I was thinking, is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? Because... You know, he's a very good interviewer, Sam, and, and, and normally he's very sort of forthcoming. But So whether they're maybe sort of holding their breath a little bit with this horse, because, I mean, he was just so good last year. And, I mean, he was, for me, he was one of the buys of the season out of Ireland. Um, but yeah, 30 or 40 grand or something, or whatever it was. They paid peanuts for him for a horse of his class, you know. No, but he, very, very he, well bought, yeah. He was absolutely tanking in the Reiner. Tanking when he came down four out, and he could have won it. Um, I think he's he's got a serious engine. Like he could easily, he's still only seven. He could easily be a one seventy horse. I, I'd love to know where they're going to try and make a Gold Cup horse out of him. Or he's very very keen in his race. He's real free going. So will they try and settle him and go King George, or or would they go back to two miles? Because he could, uh, quite conceivably be be a champion chase contender. So I'd love to see what mm-hmm. they do with him. Like he won a Grade One at Ascot, bolted up. That was bad ground. Um, he he was three from three last season before the the Reiner and he was going really well that day uh, he's a horse I, I backed him for the Gold Cup at 330 on Betfair so I'm kind of the reason I'm asking Paddy there is I'm, I'm hoping they might might be just thinking King George in the back of their heads and crack on for a Gold Cup because he has one hell of an engine I hope they don't run him here I think maybe two and a half starting out and see then you could drop him back to two after that um, but I hope they don't run him here. Well, that's that's pocket talk because I want him to go up to three. Of course, yeah. And, and the other angle here, I know Dermo said he checked the YR. He didn't do a very good job because they're giving about five mils today. They're giving about 10 mils Friday into Saturday. So this is Sunday's card we're talking about. That's 15 mils. The going, uh, it changed from good to good to soft overnight here now. And, you know, five to 10 mils will change it again to the soft side to go to soft. 15 mils, you'd be soft. On YRs, uh, Stephen? Yeah, literally on my it app. Sounds like, it sounds like Stephen Cass is sticking his head out the window to check this. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on Cheltenham Racecourse, England, United Kingdom, on YR. And it says, yeah. I'm in Cheltenham Town. There must be a different forecast between the weather and town. But they, they, 4.3 <laughs> tonight, nothing tomorrow. 
then a mill on Friday, which isn't much, and then a good lash of rain Saturday. If you like, you add up that's, the total thermo, you read it. That's, that's very confusing because literally type in Sheldon Race Course there and you'll see what I'm looking at. Like, and it's literally more, sunshine. More, um, oh, this must be very boring for the listeners. I now have to go looking up a, a different thing. Just bring your head back in from the window so we can it's at least hear you. Lash lash in Doug Arvin, so I'd be, <laughs> well, yeah. there you go. Um, Cheltenham Race Course, here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Dermo saying today 5.3 tonight and a good lash Saturday and another bit Sunday. So, you know, anyway, look, come Friday, whenever I listen to this or Thursday, they, they, they'll have a better idea. But They've definitely turned off now, anyway. I know, yes. I, I, everyone, I apologise for the last five minutes where I went on a solo run about riders in the car but won't be running. Okay, Rouge Biff, if we get that rain, I give them absolutely no chance of jumping out of that ground. Um, okay. Good ground, he'll have a right chance. Put the kettle on, will run. Sorry, I would imagine won't run, but with... with if I'm ruling Rouge Viff out with that forecast, it's a de facto match between Defi Desai, who's rated 169, and put the kettle on, who won a really average article, and arguably wasn't even the best two-miler in the Brahmins yard last year, yep. wasn't thought of as. So, yes, she could win, but getting 9-4 to four about Defi just seems enormous, and I think it's an absolutely cracking bit. Uh, I would have thought he'd be closer to 11-8, to eight, uh, 6 to 4 so 9-4 to four, Defi Desai just seems huge to me. Yeah, so and could well go off a lot shorter. Yeah, won't make any difference to uh, to Deffy really how it comes up. Um, yeah. Okay, um, I really think Deffy go out and trip later on this season. It may not get beat in this, but I think it will get beat uh, when the taps are turned on against an Alti or or uh, a Chacon Poussoir if they if they do meet before Cheltenham. That might force them then uh, to head up uh, to a Ryanair, which I think he'd just uh, he'd lap them all. So I'd be really interested to see Deffy going up and trip at some point. But uh, they're going to stick to their guns two miles. This does look like a race uh, that could just be on a plate. And uh, ground will be all important to the likes of Rouge Biff. And if Riders in the Storm goes here, you have to wonder what they're up to because I can't see that as a two-miler either. So you can make that case pretty well. It's a two-miler, Dean. He's, he's very free going. It might be the making of him dropping back to two miles. He might get into a rhythm because he is quite a good jumper. So he's yeah, savage. two and a half is a trip. I, you know, the last time he, he was, he ran over two miles, he won. So I wouldn't rule him out now as being the champion chasers. Okay. Well, it's there to be, uh, it's there to be found out. If they do go for this, give you an idea of their thinking, I'd imagine. Um, and we will find out as the, as the decks kind of come together. Um, why don't, uh, Stephen, you have first crack at the Great Wood Hurdle, which is always a fascinating punting contest. Uh, loads of angles in here. I wonder where you're going to side. Yeah, it's, it's 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 very, very, very tricky. I backed him earlier on in the week. Um, he's a little shorter now, but I still think he's probably a fair enough price, around 6-1 to one per schema, per schema uh, yeah. of, of Dan Skelton. He just absolutely tanked into the race the last day. Um, the horse that beat him, um, Harry Whittington's horse, Anamoa, he went and won uh, a novice handicap chase again after. They were very, very easy on Prashima that day like he's only had uh, four starts over hurdles he's a proper 105 animal on the flat really good flat horse uh, he's 131 over hurdles he 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 won at Weatherby on soft ground soft ground will be absolutely no problem to him the horse he beat that day Cheddleton he's rated about 145 now and they were level weights mm-hmm. that day uh, he then went to Weatherby last season and was beaten by Ribble Valley but he just he, he just never seemed to travel that day he wasn't himself came back this season uh, and was second looked all over the winner coming to the last really tanking but that hopefully was a prep for this and I think he could be a blot in the handicap so he'd be the one for me Prashima yeah if there is a blot in there it's got to be the way you're looking isn't it especially in those hands of uh, Dan and Harry Skelton who will know exactly what their uh, their kind of 
tilting at here with Prashima, a very good flat horse. Dermot Nolan, what do you make of the Greatwood? Uh, yeah, there's um, there's two I fancy here. The first one is Edward Stone. I just think he's the the uh, one animal taking on all these horses. Now, he was lucky to finish sixth in the uh, Supreme last year. There's absolutely no doubt about it with the carnage that did happen. But before that, you're talking about a horse who, who was second to Chantry House, who beat Fiddler on the Roof, who beat Harry Senior, was second to uh, Stolen Silver. Um, mm -hmm. No one else in this field has has form quite like that. So a mark of 142 running off 11 stone for me, I just think is very fair. Um, this is a race at times that that can go to, to the likes of this. And he just, he reminds me a small bit of a su superb story of uh, Dan Skelton who won this a few years ago, kind of ran okay in a Supreme, but was just far too good for them in a handicap. And I just think he's, he's still well, well handicapped here. And Alan King's had a great time of it of late as well. And then just at much bigger odds, uh, Cormier for, uh, or Cormier or however you say it, for uh, Brian Ellison. This is the uh, same jockey, same owner, same everything as the uh, 2018 winner here, uh, Nietzsche. And yeah. uh, this horse was absolutely brilliant the last twice you talked to her, particularly at Fakenham last time. He laughed at them, was really, really strolled through that race. He's off a mark of 136. Danny McMenamin, who's a really, really good young jockey, he claims three pounds off. And the uh, the rain, if it falls, as per our um, our weather expert, Stephen Cass, would uh, would really suit this lad as well. So Cormier, okay. is, uh, he's one of big odds. And um, Edward Stono on the day, I'll be back in, in similar odds. I just think he's uh, he could be far too good for them. You think it could be the class act? I'm like, before I come to Paddy on this and see what he makes of the Greatwood, uh, I'm very keen on the horse that kind of fits the, the trend of a Nichols uh, winner for this. Like Sabrampour, an old guard, ran a triumph, uh, had a spin before the Greatwood and came out and won them. And Sasaiko um, didn't fare too well in the in the triumph. And we all know, um, you know, what Gosham was going to do to that field. So, in fact, it actually looks a little bit closer than it would have been anywhere near behind Burn and Victory. Um, but the run behind T Clipper there at Chepstow over what was effectively just a bit too far. This is a proper two mile, a big, strong uh, four year old. And I think Sasaiko is going to take a going to take a step forward after that comeback run. And I'd be very interested to see if Brian Carver gets up. I know we're talking about him at the top of the podcast. Um, be interested to see whether he gets on and uh, and um, and keeps the ride after that T-clipper spin. Just came to win the race there, uh, two out, and took the lead, and then they, they missed the final hurdle, and it didn't quite suit. Um, and again, I just think the extra couple of furlongs there were unnecessary for Sasaika, but that would have put him spot on. Um, I'd be interested in Sasaika there around 20 to 1. I think it's a big, big price um, for the Greatwood. Paddy, over to you. The few names thrown at you. Yeah, I think Alan King, he has got a, a strong hand here with Edward Stone and Harambi as well, uh, who certainly knows his way around this track. And I just thought last year, Edward Stone, he was 2-2 two and two and then he got beat in that um, that trial race at Haydock where it was borderline unraceable and he was literally just gubbed on the line where he was, he'd been in front for so yeah. long. Um, I, I, I do um, concur with, with Dermo. He was probably... Um, he was probably lucky at Cheltenham, but he's a real strong traveller. Um, I think early season is the time to catch this chap. I'll mark a 1-4-2. I think he's got to be competitive, um, mm -hmm. but I've got to be in agreement with with Cass. That was a real eye-casher by Prashima at, at Wetherby. The skeletons, they tend to ride all the horses the same around Wetherby. Um, you know, they, 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 they ride them as closers, and that's exactly what happened with this chap, but it was a very good, solid run. The only blip was in behind Ribble Valley, who, you know, Nicky Richards say one of the best horses he's ever trained. And he went off giant favourite that day. So, you know, it just shows how, how highly regarded this horse is. Um, so for me, I think I'd be in agreement with Cassier Prashima 
10 stones three. I'm just hoping Ballyandy gets declared. Otherwise, the weights are going to go up seven pound here, lads. Yep, yep, that could happen. Um, Prashima is the one I'm definitely worried about. As a psycho, I've already had a bet on the horse, and uh, and I'll be uh, I'll be continuing to monitor the weather because any rain that falls will certainly suit my selection. But Prashima could be thrown in off the one three one. And Edward Stone, there's plenty of class in that book to understand uh, that fancy there. It's a it's a great race. I, I love the Great Wood Hurdle, and uh, for all that it's. Um, for all its position in the calendar is one that I really look forward to. So it's a it's a fascinating contest. Why don't we? Um, I don't think anyone's going to have anything for that 3:35 at Cheltenham on the Sunday, but I do open up before we look at some of the racing that's going on uh, in Ireland. Yeah, no, no, you're grand. That's it. There's a couple okay. in Ireland. There's a couple in Ireland Friday, Saturday of interest as well. Just to touch on. Do you, do you want to give us those before we hit the uh, the lights in the Morgiana and the Florida Pearl and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, like, will I, will I do it now? Yeah. So, yeah, fr- Friday in Ireland, um, there's an interesting one. There's a car at a fairy house. Uh, the Getaway Star ran in that race. Um, the good, the, the, the grade three mare's novice hurdle down Royal. And she sort of ballooned the first hurdle. She jumped fine after that, but she found herself nearly 10 lengths detached. Flew home, finished fourth in a grade three. That was over two miles. Um, she's, she's won two bumpers. She's a bit of a stayer, this horse. She runs over two and a half uh, on Friday in a mare's maiden hurdle. If she's any bit of a price, and I mean three to one, seven to two, five to two, the night before, uh, I think she'll win. Declan Queely trains are a really good trainer going places, and she was a good bumper horse. She she was nearly the best in that Queensbrook race, where Queensbrook was second beaten by the Shark Yoke. Um, the getaway star Friday, Drakensberg at Dundalk. Anyone just watch back the replay the last day, you'll see why I fancy Drakensberg at Dundalk Friday. And Saturday in Ireland uh, is the, the race. Darver Star is in against Andy Dufresne and Felix Deji. And I think Darver Star, he jumped, ballooned all his jumps. Didn't like the way he jumped at all. So whichever one of Felix Deji or Andy Dufresne, Elliot chooses to run against Darver Star on Saturday, I would definitely back them against Darver Star. We take on Darver Star. Interesting that the getaway star that you mentioned there also entered in the list race on the Sunday. So uh, they obviously go for the easy, easier race. And uh, that's. I would think they'll go uh, for the easier yeah. race. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, Declan Queeley can tend to. He can tilt at windmills and it works in a way. Big, bad, and beautiful was second in the listed bumper at, at uh, Navin last year um, at about 100 to 1. So, uh, you know, it can work for him as well. And it might just be keeping an eye to see how much that cuts up because, you know, black type available for uh, for a mare, the getaway star, uh, you know, in on Friday, possibly in on Sunday. Okay, why don't we talk about some of the big races that are coming on uh, Sunday from um, from Punchestown. Uh, Dermo, I, I guess all eyes may as well lead straight away to the to the Morgiana or the Morgiana and the uh, the champion hurdle winners probably in here in St. Juan, but that's my view. <laughs> yeah, this, this is a really good race. Um, uh, St. Juan, Saint Roy is definitely the uh, the one to beat. There's the, there's just no getting away from that. Um, Abigadabras, I'm not sure. Again, I know uh, Cass isn't a fan of him at all, but I think he needs a very particular type of circumstance to to, to win this. And I, I'm not sure Jason Demilton will actually deliver the the kind of the frantic speed that, that he actually needs up front. So he'll be one to kind of in a big race later on the season. But if he's declared on the day and he runs, I'll be quite keen on. On Saturday, or just in my opinion, if these were the odds on the day and he was running, I don't think Saint was actually beaten a horse better than what uh, Saldier has beaten. Uh, Saldier still carries the best form into this race from that 
that time when he was going to give um, Espor Dallin the uh, a good run at Nains mm. two seasons ago last year. He won this race despite the fact that I was there on the day. He was very, very fast and he he still beat Steve Mouchoir and kind of did it with a relative bit of ease. Saldier is a really, really good horse. He's just he's just made a weed of mix, unfortunately. He just falls apart constantly. So he's proven that he runs well fresh. He's done it now uh, three times. And uh, if he does turn up, I'm just not convinced that St. Wa has beaten a horse as good as uh, Saldir has. So I'd be very happy to take him on and let him completely prove me wrong. Okay. Okay. Um, if they all line up, Stephen Cass, which way would you be going with that, Morgiana? If they all line up at the price they are now, I would definitely back Saldier at 9 to 2. Uh, I mm-hmm. don't think Sawa has done anything remotely like what he did in the Margiana last year. Uh, I think the price is not necessarily all wrong because the vibes are there from Willie's Yard and the betting from Willie's Yard are often fairly good. So, you know, on paper, on the book, even Samwa, I wouldn't touch. And I personally won't touch it anyway, but I, mm-hmm. I, I would back Saldier. And because he has been injured, I I think you have to have those. Paddy, am I right in this? The horses that, that have trouble, you have to have them straighter when they come back from a break than your average horse that's getting ready for the season. Is that fair? Oh no, it is definitely because you know, like I say, it, it it's the ones that are a bit more laboured and a bit more sort of relaxed and chilled out. They'll come forward from a run, but like you said, the likes of Salier, who you're not going to get many bullets um, with, you've got to have them absolutely spot on, and there's no better outfit to have them coming from um, fresh. Uh, he he really fits the bill, uh, Salier, doesn't he, for this this race on on Sunday? But you'd mm. you'd want to see him declared because he could do his last piece of work tomorrow morning or something and you know you, you definitely want to see him declared of course sublime is fascinating because the change of yard you know if Garuda or Lachlan um, can knock it yeah, Keith Dunne who rides as well yeah yeah did you mention Keith on the podcast you did yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah and the other like, I, I just wonder is there a little question mark whether he's going to run because Powers had him in at 7-1 to one, uh, for the race yesterday so he's now kind of 11-4 to 3-1 to one. But um, at seven to one, I know I wouldn't like the horse, but geez, I happily would have backed him. I just thought maybe he wasn't running. But I yeah. will back and will back anti post because he's definitely going to run. Jason the militant. I thought he ran a cracker the last day, and Henry said afterwards that um, Paul Townend said he just took a bit of a blow when they started racing, coming towards the last bend, and there was a total change of tactics the last day, and that they tried to get him to settle in behind that spire tower. And I thought he was a little, he raced a little bit with the choke out and it didn't suit him. There's no pace really on in this race. They could go forward with Super Sunday, but I don't think he'd even have the speed to go with Jason the Militant. So with the chains and tactics, with how close he finished up with Abacadabras the last day, maybe Saldier won't run, maybe Abacadabras won't run. So I'll back Jason the Militant now at 20 to 1 uh, and hope that the front runner tactics, that he gets a freebie. And maybe he'll become the horse that I was hoping he might be. The other thing with him is he's twenty to one there now. Um, if you have a if you have a fiver on that and double it, if he if he if he's to be a champion hurdle contender, obviously he's going to have to go close here. And a fiver at twenties is a hundred, and that'll be going on at sixteens or so. If even if he wins, so you'd have fiver to win sixteen hundred for the champion hurdle by backing him now. I think that's a good way of of an angle into him as well. Yeah, I like that angle. Um, I'm hoping they all run, and it's the acid test for saint War that looks like it might be because, um, you know, cards on the table, I fancy it for the championato. Where, where and, do you um, think he would have finished in last year's Supreme? I think he would have probably won it. You think he would have be been very close. He would have beaten Shishkin. 
I think he would have been very close, yeah. Um, obviously, that race kind of fell apart with all the shenanigans in behind it, and Shiskin did an amazing thing to go and win it. But um, Saint-Wire's run in the county, I would put, you know, in the, in the first three anyway. Okay. I would, uh, yeah, yeah, I would say he'd be doing well to be up there with the other two, so therefore evens are short enough, but, you know, it's hypothetical, but it's just... Well, this is the acid test, you know, I mean, I'm going to be put out my misery early, potentially, if these all run out and, uh, and Saint-Wire can't land a blow. Um, I expect uh, Saint-Wire and the, the vibes sound good, you know, I've already secured a good price about the champion idol, but it's Mark if it doesn't go and, and run well in a Morgiana, so... Uh, Wouldn't you love yeah. JP with appetite and all the shite JP gets up to? Wouldn't you just love now if he wasn't off yard and then he got into the county off 148 or something after three <laughs> <laughs> some crack. yeah well you never know um i'll be i'll be prepared anyway uh for for whatever comes and i just hope we get this race as it looks right now with those uh six runners that would be that would be fascinating and sam rod to win and go joint favorite with epitant and leave jp with a with a decision to make or maybe no decision to make just run them against each other and win the race um, that would be fascinating for me, and I hope that's the way it goes. Uh, Demo, why don't you spin us through the other two races of uh, of huge note at, um, at Punchestown this weekend with the Florida Pearl and, and uh, I guess that celebration hurdle as well, the Grade Two there, where you know we're going to see some some nice horses out, likes of your favourites in the terms of Fury Road and stuff. And latest exhibition could be uh, lined up by Paul Nolan for this uh, Florida Pearl. Yeah, the uh, Florida Pearl is a really interesting race. Uh, not not top top class. Uh, latest exhibition will be favourite here and. Um, he, it was a good performance to win. He he jumped quite well, but I'm not sure with who. But I'd probably be looking to kind of take him on here. Um, just just a few fences. I'm not sure how scopy he is really. Um, but there's I'm not sure who'll turn up yet. So I'll see on the day. I, I was quite impressed with that uh, court maid who could be an absolutely huge price in this and could pull off a bit of a shock. But realistically, it's the likes of uh, pencil full of lead will probably cause the most damage to. Uh, latest exhibition it could be a penalty kick but i'll just wait and see declarations because i wouldn't be um i wouldn't be overly sure on on that horse just yet as Stephen cast has alluded to before as well um and then as far as the the, the celebration hurdle that's a small bit of a step too far <laughs> there's enough races to look through i'm looking forward to, <laughs> i'm looking forward to seeing fury roads um, of course of course i'm not convinced how much of an actual three mile over hurdle stayer he is because i think you need to be more of a stayer over hurdles than you do over fences so i was kind of disappointed to see him stay over hurdles this season i think he'd, he'd be a great chaser um he's very interesting he should be winning that french dynamite could be interesting if he turns up, um, but it's a race that I'll kind of wait for today and see what how the price is. See what form you're in on the, on the Sunday morning, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that's fair enough. Uh, Paddy, I know you're a big fan of the latest exhibition. This looks like the kind of weaker option rather than going for, say, something like a Drimmore because, you know, there's some big protagonists going to line up in the Drimmore wanting a similar kind of trip, and uh, this Florida Pearl comes before it. Yeah, and like I highlighted earlier, I think even for this chap to go and win when the yard really in my opinion, mm. just aren't firing. Um, probably shows the sort of engine that he's got. You know, I'm, I'm a huge ladies exhibition fan and, you know, he's turned up to chat and run a very, very solid race. And I just think for a seven-year-old, you know, he is pretty low mileage and he's open to any amount of progress. I would like to see him fence better. There's no doubt. Mm. Um, I thought he was he was adequate. He couldn't really crib him. You know, punches down. It's a fair jump and test on debut and uh, he returns to the scene of the crime. On, on Sunday um, but yeah I, I would struggle to be against them but that's probably my heart more so over my head Okay 
Um, latest exhibition, Stephen Cass. I thought he was. I think it's a weak race Sunday, and I thought he was good at the end of his race. So I think he'll have enough to win this. I can see why they wouldn't go for the Drinmore, given on violence going to be there. Yeah. Uh, and two mile six is probably more his trip, so they're doing the right thing. Um, he'd probably be about five to four, and wouldn't be a backer LA for me. Okay. All right, lads. Look, we've been through a hell of a lot of racing. There is a Fontwell National finally set up right. Um, if anyone wants to throw anything into mix for that, uh, of course the three fifteen. Uh, uh, well, demo. I mean, as you put it into the running order, I'm assuming you found something for it. Uh, oh dear God, I did not. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, this this is one of those those really kind of lovable races. The uh, likes of doing fine will be quite interesting here. Um, sure. If if Tizard's horses, the only note I had on it, if Tizard's horses are back running well again, and uh, we can we can finally say it. Christmas and April would be very interesting here. I think a trip like this would would be really kind of what he wants. I think he'd be very, very hard to beat. But as far as um, having an anti-post playing it, I, I, I definitely wouldn't. With the Christmas and April name, it made me think that this race is a bit like going back in for the turkey sandwiches after you've eaten all your uh, all your Christmas dinner and it's only seven o'clock on after it's, such a it's such an a afterthought anyway, day. definitely, yeah. <laughs> a terrible analogy from me. Anyone want to throw something into the Fontwell National or we can we can actually settle up uh, at that point and, and come out with some naps before we wrap up this week's race hour. Uh, the Fontwell National is open, lads. I think I think the monkey puzzle is probably worth a shout. I mean, at the top weight um, yeah. Steely Edition is declared here. He's going to have a lovely racing weight of 10.5. He's just, he's as slow as a wet, weak monkey puzzle. But <laughs> I mean, he, honestly, he can't, you couldn't get a trip far enough for him, but he'll stay going. He has won a front well. And to be fair, the last day he was beaten simply because he just hasn't got any pace, this horse. Uh, so monkey puzzle for the Sherwood team. Okay, um, Shamro Santos was interesting for me only because I, I thought it would win earlier in the week and uh, it came third, jumped like an absolute mule. But the 11-year-old for Lucy Wadham, uh, it does go well around here and uh, and could put it all in uh, once again. But 11 years old, the Footwell National. If I'm still going at this stage, lads, I'll have had a good weekend. Uh, why don't we do uh, naps? Stephen, uh, you can go first. Give us your best bet of the weekend or a couple if you want. I'm going to throw two into the mix when it comes around to me. Ooh, uh, while we're still on Sunday, and when I try to think which one will be my nap, Black Tears runs in the listed mare's hurdle at Punchstown over 2-2, which would be her yep. perfect trip because she was second to Dan the Company and travelled like the winner all the way until the hill where she flattened out just a little bit of Cheltenham in the Carl Cup. She's mm-hmm. rated 148. I think she's a really, really good uh, hurdler. So Black Tears, I think, will win the list of the race. Hopefully she, we might get a bit of a price um, on her, uh, but we won't know, obviously, until the declarations. Yep. Uh, ooh, can you come back to me on the nap? I can, I can. Okay, Dermo, you go uh, while we're waiting for Stephen to, uh, you know, Fix, fix himself up for the for the big one. Yeah, so if Salier turns up in the Morgiana, he would be my nap. Ooh. But, uh, because, again, it, it's very hard to know. The one that I'm most confident on and my biggest bet so far is uh, beat the judge in the 150 at Cheltenham on Friday. Right back to the first race we covered on the podcast, beat the judge. Uh, yeah, okay, fair enough. That's the, the one, along with Saudi in that Morgiana, uh, taking on the champion hurdle winner, Sam. Wow, uh, champion hurdle winner 2021, I should uh, say. Uh, Paddy, you can go next. Probably there was one race that we didn't cover in the end. It was that listed mare's bumper um, yes. at Cheltenham. I think the skeleton mare, L.A. Bell, I mean, she didn't look very big when she, she won on debut at entry, but she never came off the bridle. Um, it is a race now, form-wise, hasn't stacked up in the past, but in fairness, she, there was some decent recruits 
in that mm-hmm. bumper at, at Aintree. And like I said, she never came off the snaff. So we still as yet don't know how good she is. So LA Bell, if she's declared for that listed mare's bumper at Punchestown. Lovely. Or, or uh, Chelsea. Chelsea. I'm sorry, Chelsea. Cheltenham, exactly. Yeah, that race is uh, is on the box there. I skipped over it because I, I wouldn't have had a clue. But Paddy, thank you very much for uh, for for landing one in there. Hopefully that does the business as well. And um, that's Ella Bell. Um, Stephen, I'm going to come back to you, but I'm just going to give you mine now, and I'm going to go for the for the lot across the Paddy Power and Greatwood uh, double. Al Dancer in the Paddy Power Gold Cup, uh, Sasaiko in the Greatwood. Uh, singles and uh, and a nice each way double hard enough to win one but i'll try and land both uh steven what is the nap i think the best value at the moment is the 94 about defy the side but that's a little dull and everyone will have their own opinion on that so i will go for the 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 emla velhars daugane daugano in the 325 on saturday i just think 33 to one is massive um so daugane each way at this stage at 33s uh, would be the nap yep Ben Jones, Emma Lavelle, uh, Dagano, or well, number seven, I think we settled on the 325. Uh, number, number seven. Cash, you just think of Snatch and think of Dags. Dags. <laughs> that'll do. That'll do. That'll do. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much to Paddy Aspel, Stephen Cass, uh, Dermot Nolan. Uh, I've been Dean Ryan. This is the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. Uh, we will do it all again next week. Absolute mammoth edition. So fair play to the lads to getting through uh, so many races. Hopefully we pointed you in the right direction. Have a great weekend.